We have a super Britrest special, including a superstar guest, a retrospective look at Purpose Wrestling, and a look ahead to Purpose Wrestling's next show. Purpose Wrestling has featured stars such as Michael Oku, Connor Mills, Dan Maloney, Madka, David Francesco, and many others. And on the 11th of November, they are back in action at the Merton Art Space. Uh, and the Purpose Wrestling Championship will be on the line. I am joined by Rev Pro contender, Portuguese superstar, promoter of Purpose Wrestling, David Francesco. How are you? Hi. Uh, nice to be here. Uh, it's really cool. I've been listening to the, the TN Tights for a while. And uh, it's really cool that we get to do this. And I appreciate the spotlight you guys have been putting on the uh, the British scene and in all of us. I'm excited. Let's do this. And it's not really nice to talk to you. Where's your partner? What happened to him? Uh, him Daddy, and his, his majestic beard. I know, especially right now, because it'll be getting much more whiter as he prepares to be uh, Santa Claus for December every year. Uh, he's taking a Wait, break. Is this an moment. actual thing? Does yeah. he actually do? Really? There's like like Santa uh, stuff? Every year he does uh, his Santa stuff. So he grows his hair out. He, he loses the uh, mohawk, starts to grow it all out. Let's it all go gray and white. And uh, he does a great job with that. Uh, he is a local councillor. He's very busy at the moment. So he's just going to take a short break, which is unfortunate. 100%. But I've got some nice uh, guest co-hosts lined up from different podcasts across the UK scene and even some of the European wrestling scene. And I'm looking forward to having these and looking forward to having Big Bad, Big Daddy Dan back in the chair as soon as he's... Uh, 100%. I'll, uh, I'll do my best to cover it, you know. it's. I mean, I am David Francisco. It's, it won't be that hard. I'm made for this, but here we are. Of course. We're here, of course, T and Tice, the Great British Wrestling Podcast from for Great British Wrestling as featured at Bodystand.net and the Jonas Podcasting Network. I am the Great British Attack who missed Andrew Moore and E2 Mice. Right, David, we can't have you on and not talk about some of your career as well. I know we are here to talk about Purpose Wrestling, but you have been a, a, a you are 12-year veteran now. Uh, you started in 2010 over in Portugal in your native home. When was my first match? Uh, it was actually... My first match was 2009. I understand if maybe it's not um, spread wide uh, because it was like a trainee show and it's Portugal. So it's mm. not like the stuff we do in Portugal. It's going to be automatic. But let me check because I have a list of every single match I've ever had. Wow. Um, just, I just stole it from Jericho. I realized that Jericho was doing it. The first time I heard stories about like him actually having like a list of pieces of paper. So I just made a, um, uh, a spreadsheet and I need to find, I believe it's 2009. Uh, I like to, because Portugal is always a bit weird with the amount of shows that you actually do. Mm -hmm. uh, I did eight years of training in Portugal before I moved here. But both because of just the exposure that I had here to the top minds in the world in wrestling and also the amount of wrestling shows that I would actually do. It's, mm. I always say that like eight years in Portugal is definitely not the same thing as eight years here. Um, oh, I know it's on the other spreadsheet. I really want to find this now. So uh, I always, when it comes to training, I've actually been training for 15 and a half years. I started in 2007. Um, and I've practically, outside of injuries, I've practically been training at least once every week, which is pretty good. Um, my first match was 28th of March, 2009. Uh, and it was a battle royal, because of course it was. 
it has to be a battle royal. Everybody makes their debut during a battle royal. That's a Rev Pro exactly. UK thing as well, isn't it? Well, so we'll definitely talk about Rev Pro UK and being a contender. Uh, but you say, yeah, you had about five years wrestling Portugal. I, I found uh, it was World Superstars of Wrestling and the APW, which is the Association of Portuguese Wrestling. Uh, 2015, you made your way over here. And I'm assuming that's when you joined Knuckle Locks because you started to make some progress B-show appearances. Yeah, so uh, I remember this is 2000... Um... I'm horrible with dates. Why am I doing this to myself? 2015, you just said it. Yeah, of course. Uh, 2015, I moved here uh, first because I knew I was going to move here. 30th of July, 30th of June 2015 uh, was the day that I officially moved here. So three months before in April, I did two weeks here uh, uh, just to like see how it was going to be, just trying to figure things out a little bit more, including doing some training. And uh, that's when I went to what was at the time the Projo. It was progress officially progress as school, um, not even in Brixton. Uh, it was somewhere else at the time. And that was the first time that I trained um, here in the UK uh, during those two weeks. And then eventually, yes, uh, the reason. So progress was very hot at the time. And I rem- when I started trying to see once I decided I was going to move here, one of the first things I did was actually watch the entire chapter 13 of uh so progress is chapter 13 which is all on youtube i think they had an issue with the heart cam or something oh, yeah. so they just they, they decided to that chapter specifically instead of being behind the paywall it was on youtube and i just fell in love with it and i knew that london would be the right thing to do going there and training here uh at the projo would be the right thing to do and it 100 was and immediately i had a chance uh, I moved in around the same time that um, the progress team starts to do uh, the potential shows. The first Endeavor was supposed to be the shows where they would develop talent for the main chapter shows. But then Endeavor just became their own thing because they had their own talent that uh, there was like a, an intermediate line there. Um, it stopped being about giving people opportunities to develop as much. So they decided to create another kind of like branding of shows, another layer underneath which was potential, and those were in August, and that was the first time that I had a match here. Myself and Roy Johnson against the first time and one of the few times that the geezers have actually uh, tagged. Shout out to Mm. Tom Arvin and Sebastian. I remember that. Is that chapter 13? Is that the one where Finn Balor and... Zack Sabre Jr. go at it as well. Yes, yes. Uh, it's the one, yeah, the one with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the one where Finn comes out in the Joker. Um, yeah. Uh, face paint and, and costume. And uh, it was very, it's, it's a very, especially comparing to what we were doing at the time in Portugal. Um, it's, which is some, sometimes I have conversations with people here that, um, like fellow wrestlers that were born here and have always been exposed to wrestling here don't understand how good we have it here in the UK. Because um, a show like that just happened, and obviously there's a lot of work that went into developing it, but a big part of the benefit of it is the fact that wrestling is part of the culture here in the UK and it's seen in a very positive light. So anything that you do wrestling related is immediately going to be received positively at even if at first 
because just like it's it's part of the the overall culture you know it's been around for 50 years so it, that's not the case as much in Portugal in Portugal you have to struggle really hard to even have a show that uh, you're happy with attendance and gets a little bit of buzz the the the, the minimum buzz of the very small online wrestling community in Portugal uh, small but fierce and awesome shout out to them uh and and then the comparison of that to what was happening here in uk at the time and still happens to this day uh, it's completely different it's night and day so it's wwe broadcast in portugal at the time when you saw like first is that what you got interested in or how did that come about that's that's exactly it um when i was uh, actually i should I know, know this because i i remember being mm. very young and I used to go on holiday to Portugal very often in Faro. And, of course, they did have Sky Sports at the time, which had Sky Sports 1 uh, on the sort of, like, TV channels in the hotel. So I'm assuming yeah. it would have been very similar in, in Portugal, mainly. I, I do believe that uh, well, when you went to Faro on holiday, what was happening is that the hotels were just using satellites to try and get Sky channels because yeah. <laughs> southern Portugal is very heavy... Uh, when it comes to to UK tourism, mm. so uh, there's a lot of catering directly to they know their audience basically. Yeah. There's a lot of catering <laughs> to that, but I don't think I'm not saying it. Maybe I'm wrong, and it actually happens. I don't remember. I'm put it this way: I don't remember like scrolling through cable and seeing finding Sky, um, just a literal feed from the UK. What was happening is that there was a little bit of um, uh, like an underground demand for pro wrestling on TV, and there was this uh, cable channel called sick radical sick is uh, like a itv or something um and the way basically the channel was about um trying to target a younger audience and uh going a little bit um out there with the type of content so wrestling kind of fit the mold and at first they started to doing only one hour and uh, of like a shortened version of Raw or something, or shortened version of SmackDown, actually. And it was a huge audio, uh, success. Uh, ratings were really high. So they started to invest more and more. And it's to the point when my fandom starts, we have Raw and SmackDown like uh, a week and a half after things happened. And I, I knew about it from school, from uh, uh, people that I went to school with talking about it. And, and immediately the conversation was uh, about the veracity of it and I, I just checked it out and was hooked instantly immediately despite the best efforts of my mom to not want me to watch it while she was home because she hated JR's voice oh, oh no not JR God. she hated JR's voice she thought JR's voice was annoying and probably the the, the intonation of which uh, with which he would say stuff uh, she just did not like it. I don't know. But, you know, here I am 15 years later and I'm the one doing wrestling for a living. You know, <laughs> who win now, ma'am? Watch now, JR now. I'm kidding. I love her. <laughs> were you surprised? Uh, so like coming over in here, not just seeing the, the level of talent and things, but the amount of shows that were actually available in the UK, considering the size of the country. Uh, not with the amount of with the amount of talent, it didn't surprise me because I knew that how things were happening here and and the the, the kind of people that were coming to to work here, or even from here, right? Mm. Uh, the number of shows, yes, and it's still very amazing how uh, Brit Res Away Day on Twitter sometimes posts a, a list of 
wrestling shows that he is aware of that are going to happen in the following two weeks. And it's hundreds, right? It's incredible how, and it's mostly because of how dense the population here is in the country as well. Mm. Like that helps. Uh, like in London live the same number of people that live in Portugal. So, you know, <laughs> um, it is very surprising the idea that there are so many shows and so many big shows from small shows that go everywhere, very localized with their marketing and their targeting all the way to uh, what was happening in the first weekend of October when there was so many big shows running at the same time and they were definitely all a success. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, now, in 2017, that's when you really started to break out across the UK, making more appearances for different types of promotions. But if we really fast forward on to 2021, you took a huge risk on two different occasions. One, choosing to become a Rev Pro contender, considering, obviously, you're uh, almost a veteran. And then, of course, uh, building purpose wrestling now did seeing someone like brendan white and what it's done for his career inspire you to look at the rev pro contender situation um it was a very interesting conversation that i had with andy when uh, when he invited me uh i the way the way it basically happened was once the 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 pandemic um kind of like things were starting to pass and training was back on uh we didn't have the school here, right? Uh, Necolox, as it was, uh, couldn't couldn't continue as a business model. So why not go to the closest? There was obviously like other schools in London. I'm not sure if they were running at the time, to mm -hmm. be fair. Uh, but Portsmouth definitely was running. Uh, I believe that's that was like a decision. Obviously, as well, getting feedback and training feedback from the number one promoter in the country is definitely valuable. Mm -hmm. And when I went to training. <laughs> this sounds like I'm I'm just saying what's supposed to be said, but I'm very honest in what I'm saying here. When I went and trained there, it was definitely with the intention of just going in and training and becoming better, being able to kind of step out a little bit of my comfort zone of the London scene of training and, and training with the people that I'm used to and be able to just be a student. Uh, I think that definitely is and uh, um, continues to be to this day very beneficial to it i was able to jump in on a few sessions on saturdays in portsmouth uh kind of like get a group of people of go going down to train as well and uh one day um and he just started discussing uh how he saw me as a wrestler and his opinions of me and everything and the invitation to become a contender was uh it might have been a little bit surprising, but at the same time, as soon as the invitation happened, it made sense. Uh, when it comes to David Francisco as a wrestler, my presentation, I just before the pandemic had kind of dropped behind what I was doing before and how I was wrestling. And I was going in and finding um, a new, a new perspective on me in the ring and being a contender is the perfect way to introduce myself to a new audience and to really start from the start, start mm. from scratch, which is another great angle, another great story that we can tell there. Uh, I've been in the UK scene for a few years. I've tried a few things. I've had a few opportunities, but nothing really materialized. And um, a lot of that, I 100% honestly believe I'm very 
big on taking accountability to everything that happens to you, both whatever can see regarded as positive and what can be regarded as negative. And basically, if what I was doing wasn't giving me the results that I was getting, that I wanted to get, then changing is not something that I have a hard time with. So it's very, it's easy for me to, okay, let's drop this. Let's try something else. Let's really find who I am. Let's find my voice. And it's maybe sometimes, and I kind of did a, a, a series on this on my YouTube channel about how maybe some people would have it as a as some sort of an insult, right? Uh, to to be put in a contenders division and become a contender. But to me, it's it's an opportunity to really put down the expectations that maybe I would have of myself and other people, the scene would have of me and really be able to start over and see it as an opportunity to find who I am. Because once I find who I am, then that's when magic happens in that ring. Uh, it's It definitely has worked. It's been horrible, the fact that I lost six months of this year to injuries. But with the few times, the little bit of times that I've actually been able to be in the ring and find who I am, it's been great. I just put a, um, a video last week uh, on my YouTube channel about the little story that I did with RKJ, which to me is just a great example of of exactly what I'm talking here. Oh, let's let's go with things and see where they take us and find who we are and who I am in the ring. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do that before with with Fantastic Dave Francisco. There's no way that story could have been told the way it was, but it just felt better, way more natural. Felt like this worked, and it was very beneficial for me. And when Andy in that afternoon at the Portsmouth School of Wrestling invites me to take part of the contender division. I think we both saw that opportunities like the one that happened with RKJ were very important. Mm -hmm. That match with RKJ and everything that surrounded it uh, probably is like top three matches ever and moments of my career ever. And uh, it may be number one, depending on what that you ask me. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you have shared the ring with some uh, absolute legends in Breath Pro, including Doug Williams at one point. Uh, yeah, the tag team match along the First match. Mm -hmm. the, the first ever time I was in a Breath Pro ring was being in the ring with... Uh, the first thing I did was lock up with Doug Williams. <laughs> Isn't it that crazy? <laughs> How, like, the first thing I do in a Breath Pro ring, as soon as the bell rings, is me being in the ring and locking up with Doug Williams. I mean, it's an experience, certainly, isn't it? I mean, he is such a, a legend of the... Uh, and, of course, very recently, you were in there with the Repro Tag Team Champions, the Greedy Souls, Brendan White and uh, Danny Jones. Who, as we just mentioned, Brendan White was a contender. He is now a Tag Team Champion over in Repro UK and killing it as the Greedy Souls. But let's a talk very... Oh. Um, sorry, a very... Um, what's the term? Like, like, uh, things went back to sorry, I can't circle. speak this language exactly. There we go. I can't speak this language. I apologize. Very full circle moment for him and for me and Josh. Excellent. Let's talk about sort of like purpose wrestling. Uh, because again, you've made the decision, the risk to uh become a promoter with purpose wrestling. So, talk around the, the thought process of, of that. Well, I wouldn't say that the risk was, um, 
there a hundred percent as if I was really starting something from scratch. Mm. Um, before the pandemic hit, Pro Wrestling Soul used to run from uh, the Wimbledon Library, from the Merton Art space, and uh, Gio and Charlie did a, a great job of setting up that place there, uh, fomenting a little bit of an audience that knew that that was it. But above everything is the relationship there and finding the work of finding the right venue to do it, finding the right way of doing it, even operational wise, you know, mm. and uh, and really knowing that there is potential there for that venue to be to be a, a, a pro wrestling um, reference, not, not just for London, but in the UK, they did that work. I was just mm. picking up where they left off and uh, I'll forever grateful for, for that work and a lot of things that, that, that they did. Seoul was definitely a very special place. And so, so that, that made it easier, right? I was just picking up where someone, someone left off and um I saw the knowing the things that and the decisions that were being made um, by people as things were coming back from the pandemic. Um, felt like I didn't want that intermediate step between the training stages and uh, promotions like UKPW, who pride themselves on giving the first few opportunities to wrestlers to be able to start their journey. And the bigger leagues like Ref Pro that we're talking about and, sim and companies of a uh, similar level, um, there needs to be an interstep here, at least one, right? There needs to be a place where people learn to, they're already comfortable with being in the ring, having matches, but then they need to learn to have the, how to put a great match together and how to work to, to a certain audience. Just a really last stage develops of uh, developments of their career so that once they get the opportunities to be uh, in ref pro um they are ready for it they are really ready for it not just with their wrestling but their minds as well their mindset and i wanted to con to give my contribution to the scene uh to create somewhere where that could happen and honestly to be fair this was even before um ref pro invited me to be a contender I wanted somewhere to wrestle, you know? <laughs> and if that means that I will do the work of creating my own, my own place to wrestle, then let's do it. Uh, Cause uh, that will, the other option is that place not being there. And I will, I'm happy to put in the work that needs to happen so that that place is there for other people, including, and in a way, especially me. Mm. I remember you mentioned UKPW there. So we've had Alice Gill on the show a couple of times, and he's always been very highly complimentary of yourself and the work that you've done to help bring with him. So uh, I know I just, heard. Just thought I'd put that Shout out, out there. Now you've had uh, you've mentioned a lot of young talent. So is there, was there a kind of connection with the Knucklelock School because there have been a lot of young Knucklelock talents making their names over on Purpose Wrestling? A hundred percent, I'd say. So, uh, and I think it's because it's the people that I've worked with and that mm. I have trust and they have trust in me. So uh, a little bit of a history lesson for those that maybe don't, don't have the context. I just talked about Projo, how Projo was uh, the official uh, school, progress school. Eventually Projo became still connected to, pro to progress, but it wasn't ran by progress anymore. And eventually there was a rebranding into the Knuckle Ox gym and, um, it's now knuckle just doesn't London. exist anymore 
the London well, I School wouldn't say so. Now. The London School of Wrestling, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. It's very similar to what happened with Purpose, where operational wise, and when it comes to the way the people that are in charge and make decisions, there isn't a there isn't a connection. Mm. Um, there isn't like a lineage, right? Uh, I don't think you can uh, attribute like the lineage of the projo into the knucklehocks into the London School of Wrestling. What just ha- what ends up happening is that there are people who were part of the same circles, and I, for example, learned mostly how to teach classes in knucklehocks, and I bring that knowledge into the project that is the London School of Wrestling, and it's similar with other people that also um, had that. But just like with Purpose, I had a lot of, I had advice and I asked directly um, for the help of of Gio to help me set things up. But at the end of the day, it was my project. There wasn't a lineage per se Mm. with the idea that we wanted to, the idea was to continue what was there. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to to, to clarify that, that that lineage of Projo into Knuckle Locks, it ended with the end of Knuckle Locks. And the London School of Wrestling has its own project that does drink a lot of experience and a lot of people from knuckleheads, but it's it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, I trained at knuckleheads, and a lot of people that I've known and I know that are good and know their places are from knuckleheads, and I wanted to, and I think I fit I fit this category, especially when I was starting Purpose. Of there are people like Michael Oku and Connor Mills who have when when wrestling came back they were able to have the opportunity to uh continue and really develop their spotlight in the bigger stages like ref pro but then there's people like nino and jordan and rex armstrong and jordan saeed and this list goes on and on i'm sorry that i'm not naming everyone that should be named here but consider yourself included in this list where it's people that i know are good and have a lot of potential and they need a platform to develop and showcase that potential. And they're local and there isn't anywhere else that is really putting a big spotlight on them. So Purpose will focus and give the spotlight on these people, right? Mm. Um, doesn't mean we can continue. Obviously I've been using Michael and, and Mills th- throughout the entire first year of Purpose, but that's, things weren't really built around them. They were, um, they they were there to also help trickle down the knowledge mm. and help those who are coming after them become better pro wrestlers, so that the scene all rises up. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, it seems like the if you'd like the Mister Purpose or those two people who are kind of being those, it'll be Jordan Breaks and Nino Bryant who are becoming those local lads, those local heroes over at Purpose Wrestling. Would you say? Yeah, a hundred percent. The the audience has taken to both of them very dearly, and I also think that the fact that they are not showcased in a bigger platform yet mm. helps not only them feeling special to the purpose audience, but also helps purpose feel special. Uh, there are plenty, and you can see them all in the, the Purpose YouTube channel. There are plenty of matches in the history of Purpose that would fit right in in an electric ballroom or even a York Hall mm. um, in terms of their quality. And so to have that level of quality of wrestling 
in the Merton arts space with wrestlers that this is where they are showcasing themselves and uh, gaining their name and getting ready for the next stage of their careers is very special. I think it really makes purpose stand out. Uh, it's, mm. it's one of the two pillars that I wanted to build purpose on is both the talent that is ready to be showcased, but doesn't yet have the bigger spotlight on them and very solid, good storytelling and, uh, and booking and narratives. And those are always my two guiding lights as I put purpose together. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the big stories that have been throughout pro uh, Purpose in that first year. But I want to talk about sort of like the production side. Is yes. you've made very good use of the space that you have. I like the fact that you've decided to still use a full size ring and not sacrifice and put a smaller ring to bring in more people. Uh, but the the videos, everything seems to be a very high quality. Um, thank you. I spent, I spent a lot of time on those. Operation-wise, when it comes to using the space, when it comes to using the ring, I literally just grabbed what was made before with Soul and, and reused it because it works. And mm. I learned, I was very, as I said, I was very lucky that they were there to help me because I was able to just, uh, Geo especially, because I could just literally ask, how did you used to do this? And I would, I would be told, and it would be done the exact same way because they explore those and explored roads first and they knew exactly which way to go and how things can work. Um, so that made things so much easier for me. That, that made, it was a lot of headaches that I didn't have to have while trying to figure things out um, the best. So it's one of the reasons why Soul started there is just the fact that we can we have the lights at the Merton art space and that place. It's very funny. Um, imagine a library that is just, you get, you come in and it's just like a very long library. Right. And you come in and you have your books there in front of a little cafe and you have the, the area with the computers and the little kids area. And then as you go um, up a little ramp, there's a space in the back, which is a workspace. There are stables and people can sit and that's where people go to work. That space also happens to have a fully equipped theater there. There's a stage, there's lights, there's plenty of chairs where if you want to do any kind of performance to a couple of hundred people there, you can. Um, and we just, uh, Gio found the place, it was great. And, uh, and I just getting from that and be able to produce the production there is very good. As for the videos, I think it, it's very much my own, um, uh, philosophy and maybe to my own determinant of my my quality of life but mm -hmm. i just think that there's a great opportunity it was important for me to think of purpose as a wrestling company that existed in the environment of the internet and not in the environment of tv uh, i wanted to not fall for the trap uh, that we can we can face these promotions with a TV mindset. So, um, and also it's not like there's a huge budget for marketing. So the best next thing is to use the platforms that we have available to our advantage. Mm. Um, content goes on YouTube because eventually it will be able and be possible. Uh, Eve does a great job with this. And I think they, they really, really um, explore their platform to their best advantage where now they're in a position where they can have on YouTube, people can subscribe to them on YouTube 
and they will do live shows on YouTube, but then you can also find plenty of content that's there for free. Their model is find, use, because YouTube is the second biggest um, search platform in the world. So mm -hmm. people will find Vive through searching for certain wrestlers they use and seeing the matches there. And then as they delve more into even into their content, they see that there are shows, they can advertise the shows and they can get people to, if they want to watch the next show, it's going to be live on the same platform that you're watching these matches right there. Mm. Um, and then, so I wanted to do something very similar to purpose because I really believe it works and it's the future of, um, of wrestling. And then at the same time, it's like, TikTok just works great. People can just get exposed on TikTok and maybe you're going to find people in London that like wrestling that are just going to be scrolling through their feed. And after they watch the WWE content and the AEW content they find, they see uh, Nino, Brian and Connor Mills going insane uh, in the little TikTok and they see it's, it's in London. So they will see that more and more and they'll explore and they'll eventually, we will find fans through that. It's a lot of hard work, but it's free so i don't have to pay if you get any people so it's like it's either money or time and i guess i'm giving my time to really invest in that and the result is uh not only are we getting people know the stories we can tell the stories even if people didn't come to the show just because they can see the video there uh mm. they know they have context to the matches before they come and see the matches themselves we i i, I really wanted to invest in as much as possible when it made sense, have a little video package of 30 seconds or a minute before a match so that people that maybe did not see the other shows or don't have this context from social media, they can still understand that this match is not just a throwaway match. There is a little bit of story behind this match. And I think that helps a lot with the presentation. I think it helps the matches feel more important. Uh, I think the first time I did a video package was for um the um, the the tag team match was uh rex and jj versus rj and Saida. i may be wrong but i also did a video package for uh nino and dogmo and it's just the fact that lights go down we see a video package the light comes back up the interest has happened it immediately makes people feel it makes everything feel important it helps mm. people center them in the ring and then it also i think helps with the reputation of purpose There's so much that here we are talking about it I, I 100% agree. I remember having like, you've never, sorry, Andy, you've never came to a purpose dressing show. Not yet. But you know the stories because yes. of, you know, and that's important. I think that's good. Mm. And I am a Patreon member. So, yes, I do Thank get you. to see the full shows as well. Thank it's, you so much. Uh, I really, because I, I saw the first early shows that you put out directly for free before setting up the Patreon. And I was just like, purpose dressing. It's a promotion I like, I wanted to follow. As I say, the production values were high. Sometimes it doesn't matter how great wrestling is. I remember, I was about to say, the Arrows of Hungary, who I had on, told me it doesn't matter how great the wrestling is if your production is crap. No one's going to. So, uh, as I say, everything that I was seeing, I was just very much enjoying. I also really like the use of European com competitors and bringing in fresh people. Uh, you very recently had Karen Bugante, uh, Claudia Bradstone, Fabio Romano. I know Tristan Archer was due to be on a show, but I believe that had to be cancelled. But uh, so tell us about the use of these guys and are there any other European talents that you are looking at at the moment? Um, I, I need to be very honest. Um, there isn't, 
the way that those bookings happen is mostly because of previous relations that I've created with them in other countries. Like Tristan, I've obviously have been working with them a lot at Rick's in France and mm. Claudia, I've known her for over a decade. Uh, Kareem, I did meet here um, when he did a stint with WrestleForce a few years ago, but then he helped, when I went to Italy, he was there and there's another mm. relationship I've created there. The, the majority of the times what happens with them is that they get in touch with me and say, hey, I happen to be in London at this time. Do you want to do something? Should we work together? Um, because the budget isn't there for me to be able to pay travel, traveling to to mm. for wrestlers to 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 come in like that. I would love to one day, but uh, it's it's a small operation for now. And but, but the fact that my well my friends right my acquaintances and my friends mm. mention it is like well yeah let's try and make this work. Sometimes it's very hard with with Von Vertigo. I think it's the funniest, um, uh, the most interesting one of all. Because I've been in talks with Vaughn for months and months. And the problem that Vaughn would hit is that I book a lot in advance. So the time that he would give me to say, hey, I'm going to be in the country in two months. Should we, is there any chance we can do something together? I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm fully booked already. Uh, because the compromise for telling the stories that I wanted to tell is mm. I need to think of them in advance. And then if things don't go right, if for any chance, one reason or another, there's schedule uh, conflict schedules, then we'll have to adapt and find a plan B, right? Like, unfortunately, cases like the Williams or Alex Windsor not being available or the reason why I ended up having a show that had four tag team matches out of six matches. Uh, it's just <laughs> scheduling conflicts like that. Um, so. So he's the, the, the best example of it. Uh, but it was the, the, having all this talent on the show, um, and especially in the case of Karim and Claudia, I'd say. Fabio lives here. So Fabio just will, will uh, he'll have plenty of opportunities to, to be part of the, the, the purpose shows. The, the purpose fans love him. Love him. It's, it's incredible how, how crazy people go for Fabio. It's, it's like he's... Just like other people in the roster, he's like forcing my hand. Um, but similar to how we're using um, other talent that doesn't have a bigger spotlight yet, I think it's great that I'm able to help a little bit. Like Claudia, I think, is seriously. I, I honestly think that Claudia is top talent in um, continental Europe, especially in the women's divisions. Mm. But people won't know that if she only wrestles in, in Portugal. And to say this is unfair to her because she doesn't only wrestle in Portugal. She wrestles here a lot. But purpose, hap I happen to, to I, I work very hard for this. There's a certain spotlight at purpose. People look at purpose to see who, who's next, right? I am, there's some cases I know and other cases I suspect that there's a few people that have gotten their number of bookings up because of the way they were presented a purpose. Mm. And, and I'm very happy for that. And me included, right? Uh, it's, it's one of, it's, it means that the, the objective is being fulfilled. So when they come and they say, hey, let's work together. And I'm like, yes. Or if there's the open, like, yes, let's, let's do this. Because when else are we going to have the chance to do this again? When else will our schedules really fit in a way that you can have this match in a place with very good production 
that's going to be on YouTube for you, for everyone to see. It's a good showcase of yours. And you can just use this good footage to also market yourself. And you can tick something off the checklist of being able to wrestle in London or wrestle in a library or wrestle whatever. Um, it's I've felt nothing but love and positive attitude from everyone in any locker room even people that i haven't had the chance to work with and trust me there's there's a list uh of people who are like i really want to bring you i don't have a space for it yet but i will find it because uh, i'm also limited to my budget and to the fact that my shows are tight i run six match shows yeah um and so it, it's it makes me very happy that i'm able to showcase them and uh, and hopefully i'll be able to to continue that showcase more people Excellent. I hear Endercar is going to be in the country in uh, February. Swedish Superstar. Okay. He's fantastic. Captain. I, I know him. I know Ender. Uh, have I wrestled Ender? I think I've been in a match with him. Um, maybe I've been in a match with him at the library. I will tell you in about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, He's so fast. Bloody, <laughs> he really is. No, no, no. I am. Uh, I thought I was, but no, we didn't share. So I met him uh, at uh, Progress. Uh, the first, I think, the first time I met him was uh, when we were both crewing at a Progress show, and I trained with him a little bit. Uh, he was part of a few of the soul shows. So he has wrestled at the Merton Art Space. Um, very good talent. And this was three years ago. I can only imagine, especially because I know that he did a little stint of uh, training regularly with WXW. I can only imagine how mm. much better he is now. Yeah, he's been doing some awesome stuff. Uh, body slam in Denmark, but in particular in uh, I think it's Stockholm wrestling in Sweden. Yeah, Just... if I book him on the show, he might be the second best European wrestler on the show. Ooh, that's, that's fighting words, if you ask me. Uh, now let's talk. You've just had your one year anniversary back in August, which is fantastic. Congratulations on that. Uh, let's talk about some of those top rivalries. Sticking with the main main one to begin with, destination everywhere versus purpose. Yes, and, uh, I think uh, that really helps set purpose as a, a stage. I guess I think that uh, destination everywhere were instrumental in establishing the level of people we're going to work with and the idea that in purpose you're going to see something things a little bit different. Um, mm. Uh, Mills, Mike, and Ash and Oshin have been dancing and, and dabbling with Destination Everywhere as a stable for years. And we were going to run with it right before the pandemic hit uh, at Battle Pro. And, and obviously, like the pandemic hit and it put a stop to that. And what am I talking about? They were, <laughs> I, just, I just remember they were at Progress. Mm. They had a, they had like a stint and defeat of progress. Did they yeah. do Ali Pali as a stable? Uh, possibly. No, do not resuscitate. Do not resuscitate was not against destination everywhere. Okay. It was another. I was no. It was, was, was going to be destination them, but uh... but they did. They 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 had. They right, never wrestled the four of them. Boys, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but so they had a rivalry there. There was stuff happening there. Uh, maybe that was also cut short with the pandemic. I don't exactly remember how things I remember went. Pretty Deadly were involved as well because they were having tag team yes. matches with the NIC. Great matches as well. Really yeah. established Deadly. Uh, they're, they're just a very special team. The, mm-hmm. the, the one thing I do know, and I 100% believe in this, the best showcase of Destination Everywhere as a stable was by far 
at purpose. And I was very sad that I didn't get to tell the full story. Um, but, but starting from the beginning, um, I just think like just even the, the angle that we introduced them with, you can see that at the end of uh, uh, Jordan Brakes versus Doug Williams is on the Purpose YouTube channel. And yeah. it's at the end of that match that the angle happens. And just the idea that we could play with, with production. It was like lights off, balaclavas, freaking, I don't know, gang members coming in and beating up the, uh, the like two big people after what felt just like a very nice, good, felt, heartfelt um, match. Very special mm. moment there of like someone who admires Doug Williams wrestling Doug Williams and they come in and ruin it. And we immediately followed by four on four, like chaos, right? Four on four, them versus us. Um, establish them as a, a top unit, something you don't see anywhere else. And the only time Destination Everywhere competed as a unit was on that December show, Puppies Up Forever, great name. Mm. And um, it's it was a very special moment. I remember I either heard this or someone heard this and told this to me, someone I trust that they weren't making this up, how the show ends with with uh, us challenging them for the four on four and there's people saying i need to get a ticket right now because i need to find out how this finishes and, and that's that that's it that's exactly what i was aiming at as a as, as a poker and promoter and, and kind of what i wanted to be it's like the, the wrestling is great and it's important that i maintain a high standard of quality of wrestling but also couple with that the stories and the emotional connection people have to it so the overall arching story was Destination Everywhere wanting the Purpose Championship to be able to really cement their ownership of, um, of purpose. And we told that story, um, helped elevate both Jordan and Nino. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we were going to go into a second story that was going to take us through the rest of the year that I think was going to be very special um maybe i'll tell what that story was in a year i'm not ready for that yet um it was it was definitely a shame that we couldn't uh that september show was cursed um it was definitely a shame that we couldn't the original plan on september was destination everywhere versus northwest strong four on four and that along with other four matches and the date of the show were moved and changed somehow over and over and over again. It was a headache. Uh, but it was a shame that we couldn't pay off Destination Everywhere and the story that we wanted to tell the way we did. But at the end of the day, it's just wrestling. And um, Ash and Oshin, um, we're not feeling it anymore. And one of the important things to me is that people come to... It's, it's, it's Friday night in a library in front of 100, 120 people. It's... It's not that huge, it's a big deal, but it's not that huge of a deal to the point mm -hmm. where I will want people to be there even if they don't want to. It's important that people who are there, like wrestling at the end of the day at this level needs to be something that we do and that's fun for us to do and we enjoy our time there. And if people aren't enjoying their time, um, not because of anything in particular, it's just they're not into it anymore, which happened to a lot of people after the pandemic, then the right thing to do is to, to step back. And not only do I respect, but I commend that. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, once, once that happened, it was just, that happened 
around the same time that uh, Mills' turn on Oku happens, uh, Ref Pro, and it was just like, let's just drop it. It's just easier if we drop it mm. and uh, and rebuild and restart with something else. Um, it, we had, we knew um, that the story with Mills and, and Mike would be told the Ref Pro when we had a way to make everything make sense. But once that is coupled with uh, Ash and Oshin taking a step back, then yeah, we just dropped it. And it's a very special moment and a very special phase of uh, purpose. I have nothing but great words and and I have to thank them all for mm. the, the work that they did. They just helped establish purpose as it is. Yeah, because out of that, you had your main, your other main rivalry, which was Connor Mills and Jordan Brakes, and which would eventually be for the championship and a, another fantastic rivalry, great set of matches. Which is the, um, I'd say that Destination of versus Purpose is Jordan Brakes versus Connor Mills. Um, mm. I was sitting with someone a long time ago, the first time that I talked about creative with uh, with someone at Purpose, and I wanted to hear their their thoughts. And um, this was months and months ago, how I knew I want Jordan and Mills as the main event of the first show. Circumstances <laughs> didn't lead to that, but anyways, I want Jordan and Mills as the main event of the first show. That's going to build to Destination Everywhere versus Purpose, where Mills pins Jordan in that match, and that builds to the finals of the Purpose Championship, where it's Jordan versus Mills again. It's the rematch. This time, Mills is a full-fledged heel. This time, is a big payoff. It's for the big title, and um, Jordan wins. Um, the I, the destination of War versus Purpose ends up being a secondary story in the main arch story mm. of uh, Jordan Mill Jordan versus Mills. A great matchup. Great matches every time, and. Uh, two people that worked really well in jail really well top talents in london for sure jordan has i think jordan has been the person that has found himself the most at purpose mm. uh if you see jordan in the beginning and you see who he is now as a champion he is the standard bearer for what i want purpose to be when it comes to showcasing new talent and giving them an opportunity to develop because jordan breaks now is unique Probably in the world, no one wrestles like Jordan Brakes. Jordan Brakes, uh, and, and that's a great thing. He has found himself. We know who he is. And now he's ready for the big spotlights and the big moments. Absolutely. Now, the other thing that you've managed to do is not just have sort of like a main story involving the main event scene, because what makes a good promotion is also having stories on the... Uh, the mid card, I guess, if you want to use that term. And one of the big ones I, I saw was that the East City Sovereigns, RJ Singh and Jordan Saeed uh, versus JJ Lynch and Rex Armstrong. And uh, so tell us about building that uh, rivalry. Um, it felt a little bit on my lap. Uh, it wasn't, as opposed to the story regarding the, the championship and... Um, the way Destination Everywhere uh, worked, that was planned a, a huge time in advance. Mm -hmm. That one kind of fell on my lap and we just rolled with the punches, uh, mostly with um, with the fact that JJ Lynch decided to take a step back and he wanted his last place to be at purpose, which was very special for me. It was, it was an honor to be able to, to do that. And from then on out, um 
plans kind of changed around a little bit, uh, including um, because I I wanted to they it was very important for them, especially for JJ, that he would be able to help build someone right. And originally that match was going to be against the NIC. Mm. Um, just schedule on that show that time would be a match against the NIC and they beat the, the Heat City Sovereigns before it set them up to go against the NIC's undefeated streak uh, but just I wanted to use that to build someone else so we kind of pivoted back to the East City Sovereigns and um, once the decision once JJ informed me that's what he wanted to do and from then on out it was like okay then this needs to be intense how can we make this intense you guys should do a, so there's a, a great segment with Rex and Jordan Said where the challenge happens, where there's like a pull out, a pull apart brawl and it looks great on the video package. Uh, it's still probably, it might be my favorite video package mm-hmm. that I've done through of all of the ones that I've done for purpose. Um, it's, it just worked well. Um, the way we finished the first match where it was a little bit of a fluke, and uh, and then gelled in that into the, the second one. Uh, the good thing about it is that it was nothing but we built it around stakes and conflict, animosity, mm-hmm. and everyone involved has a great understanding of what wrestling is. And what resulted in it was a very... I use the word special a lot, but if there's any time to use the word special is on that match. It's one of the most emotional moments uh, in, in purpose history. Um, in what was probably one of the most emotional shows that we've done in purpose. Um, it's, it's, it's things just clicked, clicked for the audience. It clicked for the people in the ring. Um when you have four wrestlers at the level that they are at and they really understand what wrestling is and they go out there and they just do magic. Uh, it's, it helps showcase the fun to figure out, okay, where, where do we go from it now? Um, obviously JJ is gone. What happens to Rex there? Um, I'm excited to develop that story with Rex. Uh, RJ and Saeed, like from that match, RJ got himself the first shot at the Purpose Championship and was a credible contender because mm. of what that match meant, the stakes that were involved in that match. And, and it's been fun to be able to keep them at a high level. And, and uh, I'm also very excited to where the East City Sovereigns are going to go here in the future of Purpose. And now you've been able to add NXT UK superstars, former NXT UK superstars, Shar Samuels and Eddie Dennis. And we've had Eddie Dennis. We know the story. He literally phoned you guys and said, I want to fight Nino. Can you confirm this? <laughs> I can confirm that what Eddie Dennis said in the post-match interview, uh, the, the interview that he did after he wrestled Nino, is 100% accurate. Um, he, uh, we discussed working, I've known Eddie for years. I was able to train with them. We've shared cars. We've shared the ring. Um, it's, it's, he's a a very positive, uh, influence in me, in a locker rooms he's in, uh, in just hang (laughs) as a person to hang out. And, uh, once the opportunity was there, it was very obvious that I would ask him, uh, to see if, we lined up in working together and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Eddie Dennis at 
as a one-off appearance or as a regular appearance is outside the purpose budget. But mm. um, Eddie did mention when we were discussing it um, that he would be able to do a special favor if it meant that he got to have a match with Nino Bryant because he really wanted that match and he never had a chance to wrestle Nino mm. before. Uh, it's... Uh, he has, as he says, from the people that he considers his students, the people that he had a, a big hand in training and helping out, it's the only person that he never had a match with and he really wanted to. Uh, and that did work. We could work with that. That coupled with, it was so funny how I had that conversation with Eddie. And then days later, I found out that Luke Jacobs can't do the September show. Mm. Uh, because once Destination Everywhere was out, I wanted to use the talent that was going to come anyways from uh, from Manchester. And I was like, well, let's give Nino Bryant. And Andy Quilden was very gracious in allowing uh, the title defense. Yes. Let's uh, have Luke Jacobs defend against Nino. Unfortunately, Luke uh, couldn't do um, the date uh, because uh, he was available, but he wasn't available anymore on, the, on, the, on that Friday. Uh, so a few days later, after I had that conversation with Eddie, when I was telling Eddie, yeah, probably in 2023, I think we can make it work. I said, well, fate has these things, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I asked him if he was available in September, and he was, and we made the match happen as quickly as possible. I'm very, very happy he did. I think, I think it was a very special moment for both of them. Mm. Uh, and uh, obviously, like, the match was great, and uh, I, yeah. I believe I put it on. Yeah, I put out the entire show online the one in one go. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if you reviewed it already. It'd be interesting to see how many sugars you gave that one. But uh, it was without wanting to to pull the curtain back uh, too much. I could tell how special it was for them, both of them mm. individually, to have that match. And uh, I am very happy that I was able to, to take part in facilitating that. Um, the crowd absolutely loved it. They were well into it because I, I did just watch it, actually. And it was a very, was very, awesome. very good match. It's Definitely. tremendous, yeah. And then, of course, Charles Samuels uh, made an appearance as well. On that show, yes. Uh, <laughs> similar situation uh, where I asked Shah, um if um, if uh, things lined up between uh, between purpose and cha and uh, it did um so we were able to finish that show with a big surprise and he's gonna have his first match for purpose on friday yeah let's let's talk about the uh friday card uh, which i for some reason don't have it up anymore i did have it up but uh it was, it's on your, i know it by heart if you want me to run it <laughs> <laughs> it's on the twitter page here we go uh, we'll start with Sean Samuels versus Connor Mills. If there's been a superstar that's beginning to break out of the shadow that may he, he may have been in, I, I've never seen him in that shadow. Some people have. Uh, and he's really breaking out now and uh, all across Europe and uh, especially through purpose. Mills has taken the opportunity to leave Destination Everywhere behind. Mm. He saw that as a um, a chance to, to reinvent himself and present himself in a different light. And I think he ran with it. He's been, he really knew how to benefit from that. Um, 
he he was waiting for maybe even himself was feeling a little bit this is me speculating i don't know mm. uh but I, I wouldn't be surprised if him himself was feeling like he was always associated like pulled down a little bit by the shackles of being destination everywhere mm. and as soon as he felt that free then he could push himself um and and be himself more and really bring out what's inside who Connor mills is in there going back to the conversation we we're having earlier about mm. being a contender uh, and he really he, he has ran with it i think Connor mills today is a different wrestler than what he was two months ago completely different even though he he it's just that you can tell he's an upgraded version of it, but there's there's something that clicked uh, in his mind and he's really benefited from it. It's um, I've built purpose around him and there was no one better for that role um, and to really give everything uh, to purpose the way that he that he has. And, and I have a lot to thank and Jordan definitely has a lot to thank. Uh, over the fact that Mills was was such a great partner, a dance partner there, and now uh, per, focusing solely on purpose, who is this new Connor Mills in relation to purpose? Right, he mm. doesn't have destination everywhere around him anymore. He's by himself, and he seems to be happy with it. And he's facing um, someone who is also an incognito in purpose, Shah Samuels, who is coming into the ring for the first time. Uh, in in the Merton Art space, apologies. He's been in the Merton Art space before in the Purpose Ring. It's the first time he's there, and he has a stint of a few year, few years gone, uh, learning and developing his own craft. He's not the same person that he was last time he was at the Merton Art space. Mm. Two big question marks over them, but it's a very exciting question marks because you don't know what to expect from this match, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you're gonna be excited about it no matter what. You just you know it's gonna be great. And then, of course, on the other side of that, you are facing Michael Oku. So in almost there is a bit of a circle coming back around to there because, of course, you were part of the purpose defending team, I guess, if you want to call it defend purpose wrestling. <laughs> little pun there for you. But, uh, yeah, yourself and uh, Michael Oku are going to be, well, the OJMO in, uh, you know, you reference that you keep that reference in purpose. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, he's the OJMO, the little prick. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's a very special. There's a very special match I had with him that I just basically took uh, took his championship away in 13 seconds. Um, but let's let's focus on on parts here. Michael Oku. The first match he had at uh, Purpose was against men like the video in front of the art space. One of the first references is to purpose management. They might be. And if you see throughout, by the way, we should, uh, we can go back to it, but Solomon Lamb versus the OJMO is the first completed arch, completed feud mm. in purpose. And it's, it's very special and very interesting. I'm so happy with that one. And the last man standing they had was such a great cap off to, to a beautiful feud they had from Diogemo uh, interrupting Solomon's Lamb return words after he injured himself on the first show to Solomon being the surprise tag partner to replace Doug Williams uh, and get his hands on Diogemo 
to Diogemo cowering out of Solomon Lamb and that leading to Solomon Lamb not being able to interfere in the match with Nino, but also Destination Everywhere not being able to. And uh, then the last man standing, uh, him, bl- Yojimo blaming losing to Nino to having Solomon in his mind. They did the last man standing and um, Yojimo didn't get up. He let his legs fall down to the floor off the apron of the ring. And he was lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to be carried out. Solomon Lamb was laughing and smiling at the end of the last man standing. It's uh, I mean, scary. And uh, I don't know where he's been, but uh, I think that sooner or later, he's going to he's going to come back to purpose to haunt some more people. And yeah, going back to it, through all through all of this, the OJMO keeps mentioning and referring to purpose management, whoever they might be with that stupid smirk on his face (laughs) and uh, a little bit of uh, an intended sarcasm, maybe like somehow that's an insult and I should be insulted by it. But it's very open who's running purpose. I've mm. been honest and transparent from the beginning because I want people to know because I'm happy to bring that transparency. Fans wanted that. I don't know why he's acting like I'm not being transparent, but I've been. Unfortunately, he took things a step too far. And mm. <laughs> that powered decided to challenge Nino Bryant when he knew Nino was not going to come out. It's, it's, it's like, I don't know, someone had to do something about it. And I was feeling good enough. I've been away from the ring at purpose because of my broken arm, but I was feeling good enough to go out there and do something about it. And I did, and I'm going to, I'm very excited for this Friday because I'm going to spend 10 minutes punching the OJMO in the face. And then I'm either going to drop him on his head or make him tap out. One of the two. Sounds like a good plan. Uh, now, Laura Di Matteo, she's become really the established... It's the lovely Friday nights. And you can watch it while you have great beverages and enjoy it. You know, you can mm. do it together. Sounds like a plan. As I say, uh, Laura Di Matteo is going to be in action. She's really established herself as a key figure in purpose throughout its history. And uh, the debuting, Livy Grace, uh, somebody who's been around the scene for quite some time. How do you see this match, Galleon? Uh <sighs> That's hard. Uh, so Laura has been undefeated at purpose. Uh, mm. She's the only person at purpose that is 100% undefeated. Um, and uh, she quickly affirmed herself as the cornerstone of uh, the women's division at purpose. And now that the, the purpose championship has been decided and we can start to focus on other divisions, I really want to um, put a bigger spotlight uh, in the women's division of purpose in 2023. And I have a few plans that I'm excited to share um, when it's the right time uh, with the world. But Laura forced my hand into having to build around her because she's been great. She's been, it was important to have a cornerstone of the division. And Laura, who I've known for years, trained with her at the Projo, trained with her at Knucklelocks, um, this is definitely the best version of Laura that there's been. And she really established herself and it's hard not to build around her and build from her. Um, so it's going to be very tough to beat Laura. Livy, the first step in, in this development, which I feel like I've been doing uh, for the past few shows um, is to present, introduce new talent, more talent to the women's division, to the purpose audience. 
And uh, so we had Maya Matthews, obviously. Um, we had Amir in the ring again. And now we bring in Livy Grayson, uh, who I've also <laughs> known for a very long time. Uh, and uh, she's also, I've seen uh, Livy Grace in the ring recently, and I do believe as well, this is also the best version um, of Livy Grace. Not only, also, her offense is different, you know, mm. um, and, and that's positive. She brings variety to, to the division itself, which brings excitement. Um, and this, I think this is a great opportunity for her to establish herself and for Laura to have a challenge at a level. And, uh, who knows, maybe Livy Grace will do the, what seems impossible and, uh, pin the undefeated Laura material in her debut. I'm you crazy enough. She's crazy enough. They're crazy enough. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you've got the odd couple of Ollie Peace and Bullet, who has really been obviously making a name for himself, uh, Versus the Bryant brothers, Nino and Bryant the Younger, Xander. Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot about uh, these two as a tag team. A lot of people are telling me lots of good things about these two <laughs> as a team. South London Wrestling, a great promotion that runs from Surbiton, once main event in one of their shows with Connor Mills and Michael Oak versus uh, Nino and Xander the Bryants. <laughs> Not the Bryant brothers, the Bryants. Just a note for everyone out there listening. There is one Make more. sure that we, we call them the right thing. Um, yes, it's it's been another story that's been developing here, and I'm happy that we were able to um, to tell things, uh, to, to introduce people in, in places uh, where they can mean a little bit more. Not everyone gets that opportunity, but Xander does, and that's pretty cool. Uh, Nino's family has been a staple of the purpose audience for a very long time. Uh, the OGMO has been kind of like calling them out and blaming them for. There's a. I didn't post that in the YouTube channel. I should, uh, but it is in the match. And the uh, so the OGMO versus Kieran Lacey at the end. The OGMO kind of does an eulogy to Destination everywhere, and uh, he says that he blames the Nino's family. Anyways. Um, Ollie lost in the anniversary show. Ollie lost to Nino in like a minute. Uh, uh, I obviously Ollie thought that was an embarrassing loss uh, because uh, him and Bullet decided to attack Nino with a chair after the three way, and Xander didn't want to see his brother being hit with a chair in the head, so he came in and he took the chair. I think it was very brave for him to stand up to Ollie and especially to Bullet. Uh, you said they were an odd couple, but I think that they are really gelling together. Um, they they their dynamic really works and brings something different to purpose as a, as a product. And uh, the chance for them to, to face it, that match with Dead Sad Boys was so good. Mm. I really like, I'm going to, people are going to be able to see it uh, pretty soon in the, on the YouTube channel. That match was so good. I, I, I think they should all be really happy and proud of what they did because, because it was really good. And, uh, and only a bullet like showcased themselves in a very good light. So now they are, now things are personal, right? I mean, <laughs> there's chair shots, there's Xander taking away all in bullets, big moment of trying to, to decimate Nino Ryan. Nino wants revenge. Xander wants revenge. Uh, this is going to be heated. We go. Uh, the 0121 are in action. Both men like Doris and Driller Damalone against the teens with attitude or the Power Rangers, as I refer to them, uh, Kieran Lacey and Mark True. It's because, uh, when I was it was it's the teens with attitude, Zordon actually says we need to find teens with attitude to 
make Power Rangers and I'm a geek. <laughs> I remember this stuff. <laughs> so I actually referred to yep, the teams with as the Power Rangers. So sorry, lads. <laughs> they are they are so much more now as well. Um <laughs> I was I was forced into this. I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but I think it just is a great showcase of the level of talent of Mark True and Kieran Lacey, who have been uh, developing themselves for a few years in uh, mostly a wrestle force, but also in other places. But when Tristan Archer, and the anniversary show is going to have Dan Maloney versus Tristan Archer. And uh, Tristan Archer, unfortunately, injured himself and he couldn't make the show. And my first match. thought was, okay, let's give this a, a yeah. And hopefully it will happen uh, in the future. Um, they were they were both very excited about it. Um and this is a great opportunity to showcase someone new. And Mark was, I think he was the first person I thought of. Uh, I can't think of anyone else that I maybe have thought of before, but I thought of Mark immediately. And I was, I was having this conversation with someone uh, that, uh, that helps me with, with uh, just so I can bounce ideas uh, just about Mark and just the idea that will this be, basically the question i asked was will he choke and i shared this with mark um I, I didn't think he would but it's not like i was like oh i don't know he's gonna choke that wasn't it it was like there's a chance that that may happen do you think will happen am i being too trust uh am i being too trusting of mark's ability and they immediately said like no you're you're it, it will be fine um and definitely myself and everyone at the show both the wrestlers and the audience was like this will be fine this will be a good showcase i don't think anyone was expecting for the match to be the level that it was and maybe that's on us you know maybe that's on me because i know how good mark true is i just the ability of mark true to grab that opportunity and run with it and in one night affirm himself to not, not just the purpose audience, but the wrestling scene in London and in the UK. There's, there's a, there were a lot of people talking about that match. That match was one of the most watched matches in, on YouTube uh, in the past few months. Uh, and it's for reasons, because it's incredible. It's an incredible, mm. incredible match. And then, shot chaser, uh, Kieran Lacey goes in the ring with the OGMO and has what was probably the best performance of his career. Once again, a match that you think, ah, it will be all right, Kieran will do good, but no. These guys are just, as a booker, they are forcing my hand <laughs> into, because they're really good and they're, the audience is really connecting with them. So I'm like, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to have to showcase them more. Which, don't get me wrong. It's great for my business. Yeah. Right? And people buy tickets. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But it's just, this wasn't, once again, it wasn't one of those things that I decided beforehand this was going to happen. They were given opportunities and they ran with them. Mm. Um, and Kieran was also a replacement of a replacement. The original match was going to be Dries versus Doug Williams. Doug couldn't do December. Lacey stepped up to that. And then because of the change of dates, Dries couldn't do the show. So the OJMO stepped in and it's another incredible match. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised, but I confess that I am. I won't be anymore. And I, I, my expectations, and I think everyone else, everyone's expectations, people are going to come to see the show is that this match is going to bang because they know. And there will be people that maybe don't know. They come because the 0121 are are definitely like a top team in the UK. And they're like, yeah, let's watch the 0121 against these guys. And they're going to get out of that match. And they're going to see, oh, these aren't just some guys. 
these are the freaking teams with attitude. They will make yeah. names for themselves this Friday because they're going to face a top te- top team and they're going to be more than at the level. I think I, I that's did... what happened in the last two times. Very true. I did shout out that late uh, Kieran Lacey and Michael Oku match recently on Twitter because, yeah, that was, uh, I think it's, I you saw did. it being reboot. It's just great match. Now, in the main event, this Let's is go. going to be great. I really, this is good. I mean, Jordan Breaks is a phenomenal, a great, one of the best young wrestlers in the country for traditional British wrestling. And he's going to be taking on Mad In general. Yeah. And he's a bit crazy and insane, but we cannot forget how good of a wrestler Madka is. He wanted to be the next Zack Sabre Jr. And he's fully capable of doing it if he wanted. But he's having a bit of fun with Madka at the moment. Uh, this is going to be an excellent display of wrestling. They had a match. I'm looking for it right now. Because if you want to know how good Matt Kurt is, it's not the first time that Matt Kurt and Jordan Brakes have a, a match mm. in a relatively big um, stage. They had a match at Riptide. Uh, 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 okay, Headrop has the tag match. I don't know. Maybe the Riptide match is not on YouTube. Um, but they had a match at Riptide that was very good. And yeah, I guess it's not on YouTube. It was very good. And that was years ago when they were still trying to find themselves. And now they know exactly who they are. So the match is going to be even better. Um, Jordan Bray, and I've discussed this with, with Jordan. We're both in the same wavelength. Jordan Breaks' reign is not just about establishing and affirming himself as a top talent in the country, but it's also about establishing and affirming the Purpose Championship as mm. a big deal. And I think the best way to do that is to get Jordan to face top talent in the country, right? Veteran RJ Singh, um, super fight uh, season general uh, Dan Maloney, Matt Kurtz. Um, <laughs> and th- what I like about this reign, if we look at the reign so far, is that not, not just, not only is, because we haven't, it's not like, None of these people that are going to fight for the championship are people that was just like, oh, look, here's a big star to come and wrestle our champion. These are these are three people that are part of the regular mm. roster uh, of purpose. They they are established to our audience. There's a reason why they are getting the title shots. Um, but also, they're very different. They are they they fit very different. Let's use the word categories of wrestlers, and. Jordan is very excited about the prospect of facing these different varieties of wrestling, you know, facing different wrestlers, having different matches and being able to still have the challenge of having them at the high level that being in the main event, being the champion requires. Um, I think the one th- the thing I'm excited about this match the most is the creativity that's going to happen in this match. This match will be very different from the Dan Maloney match. Will be very different from the uh, uh, RJ Singh match. Different from the Connor Mills match, uh, and and that's a positive. That's a good thing. Uh, I think Matt Kurt is one of the most creative uh, wrestlers in the country, and I think funny. I think people. <laughs> I'm going to say something that that is going to sound questionable, but trust me, it's not. He is one of the top minds for wrestling 
in the country right now. He really understands it. I had a, um, I did a, once a live show with him and we were talking about just wrestling in general. And, and uh, mostly in this, in this case, we were talking specifically about um, marketing and wrestling and promoting like, and he understands it better than uh, a lot of people that I've discussed this with and I know, and I've learned a lot from him, but that also applies in the ring, mm. right? Like Matt Curtis is the person that uh, th there was an idea in the Matt Curtis Rex Armstrong match of having a drink off. Like how are these, it wasn't just another match like on any other one. And Rex has a big part of that as well, but they wanted to do something that would be different. And also that would suit their characters. So they did. And um, I had a few comments from, from fans and other people heard comments from fans are like, this was so different and it was good. You know, it was good, different uh, to what they used to. And I'm expecting a similar level of, of sentiment from the championship. But at the same time, it's a championship match. It will be that not applied to an opener, but applied. So that level of creativity, not applied to an opener match, but applied to a main event top match which I'm very excited to see and I'm very excited to share. I think it's going to be an absolutely fantastic show. I look forward to catching it on your Patreon or by the one or two matches that you will release on YouTube. But as we say, Friday, the 11th of November, at the Merton Art Space Wimbledon, six fantastic matches, very different talents, very different matches throughout the card. I think you should get down to see it if you can, because I can't. I live all the way up in the northeast. <laughs> it's really hard for me to get down south these days. But I will be attending a Wrestle Purpose show in the future. It's part of uh, something I have to do, because I've never seen wrestling Thank in you. a library. And uh, what you guys do is fantastic. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I think it's really cool that I'm happy the way we are presenting and putting the product out where someone uh, everywhere can watch it. You know, mm. um, we are local is a bit less local than than what it used to be. Um, so we do have we're going to have the show on the Patreon as soon as possible. We also will release the show in its entirety on YouTube. Um, the, we won't release the full two hour edit of the show, but we'll release the individual matches. They will eventually be on YouTube. Uh, my goal would be to have that happened to every single match we had uh there's a few matches that aren't out it's not a, a marketing decision it's just i didn't get around to them yet <laughs> it's, it's it's as simple as that uh there's so much that especially once we started going monthly there's so much that goes into both coming out of the show and going into the next show uh that sometimes some things just fall through the cracks and making sure all the matches are on youtube is one of the things that uh that falls through the cracks sometimes but uh the, the VOD is not about this is the only way you can see it uh, because we understand that like that that's not viable. There's other companies that are way bigger that have that model and they should. Uh, the VOD is about um, if you want to support, if you want to, uh, like, for example, you, Andy, who like can't buy a ticket, but maybe you can support us with, um, with a subscription to VOD. It's just another way for people to just throw a little bit of support, help us continue to run. It's a small operation and um, we are very... Um, I don't want to put any pressure, so I don't want to use the word dependent, but um, ticket sales and, and similar support like that is uh, what will ensure that, uh, that we continue to go and know the resources that we have to use them in the best way to make sure that purpose lives on, right? So it's the fact that we live in a world 
now where we can give that opportunity to everyone in the world to to if they like the product if they enjoy it, just throw that support you can watch the shows a little bit earlier than everyone else but at the end of the day if you want to enjoy the, the shows for free you can uh, because uh, we understand that purpose is not uh, a top company and we we don't want to be eager like that especially in 2022 in a world like today hope that makes sense well, during the week on the next Brit Rest Roundup, you will have my uh, review of Purpose Wrestling's last show. Uh, what was the show called again? Hungry Like a Wolf. Yes. So you'll have that one and Soft Pro as well because they've just come up and I'm going to. It's it's good. I can definitely put it out there. It's going to be a good, good score. I can put it that way. But uh, I look forward to talking through the entire show on the show. And uh, hopefully you guys tune in for that as well. And David, thank you for being here today. I, I've actually sat and just really enjoyed our chat towards uh, your career, Purpose for us, and everything that goes behind it. It's, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, if you guys want to check out Purpose Wrestling, everything is on the website. I think it will be the best way for people to find out uh, what we do. PurposeWrestling.com for tickets. Um, links to the VOD. It's PurposeWrestling.com slash VOD. Uh, link to the YouTube channel where you can watch everything. Follow us on uh, social media. It's at Purpose Wrestling Everywhere and Twitter at WrestlePurpose because uh, it's 16 characters, uh, Purpose Wrestling, and that's too much. <laughs> and uh, in my case, same, I'm David Francisco Everywhere. On Twitter, it's I, at I'm D Francisco. Um, if you, if you want to find out more about me, I, I enjoy doing YouTube stuff. I have like videos on my career and I got matches, I got highlights, I got all of that there. Uh, just follow me on your favorite platform. Um, I do also have a podcast feed i haven't put out in something in a, in a while uh but i do plan on doing that pretty soon it just uh, it was one of the first few things that I, I had to end once other responsibilities came up um so you can do that there you you can find links to all of this davidfrancisco.net the website is a bit i need to update it uh so like it's just a, a a way to get all the links there and hey if you're in london you want to train some wrestling Come down to the London School of Wrestling. The easiest way is probably at London School of Wrestling on Instagram or Facebook. There's also Twitter, London School of W, uh, or message me directly if you want to find out more about it. Um, open to our abilities and uh, new beginners. We will have them a new course in January. So I'm waiting for you. There you go. Have it. Support David Francesco. Support Purpose Wrestling. Support the London School of Wrestling. Support British Wrestling. Support Independent Wrestling. And remember, don't feed the trolls. <laughs>